Um, we are going to go to the scripture reading, which is 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 44, and can be found in your hymnal in the New Testament section of page 177. The Resurrection Body. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Fool, what you, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for you, <clears throat> and as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. Not all flesh is alike, but there is one flesh for human beings, another for animals, another for birds, and yet another for fish. There are both heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly one is one thing, and that of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. Indeed, stars differ from stars in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a physical body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. We have been uh, working through a series called Love Everybody, and we are coming to the culmination, the close of that series. And so we've been working through things like, well, why, why do we need to care about Christ come in the flesh? Why would Jesus heal and resurrect you know, people who were going to go back to death and who were going to die again? Uh, we've looked at a lot of topics, but today we're going to talk about the fragility of our own bodies and our lives. What about our mortality and the death of things and the hope of resurrection? And so we begin where Paul begins. Have you ever heard you know, teachers say, there's no such thing as a, as a stupid question, right? Well, Paul feels like he starts this section acting like there is such thing as a stupid question. Uh, he starts off and he says, uh, someone might say, how are the dead raised? Or with what kind of body do they come? And he responds, you fool. Paul is very open. He's very honest with you about what he thinks and feels. Um, and, and I think we kind of have to capture what he's trying to do here because I think some of the questions that are asked are things that maybe you'd wonder about. Maybe you would ask those questions. Um, but if you remember a few weeks back, we talked about what's called a, a, as a diatribe, where Paul will quote somebody in order to like refute a position. And so he's, he's kind of opening up a, an alternative teaching, an alternative perspective, and then he's going to counter it. And so here, he opens up with apparently some teachers who thought that resurrection was just completely bogus. And that sounds probably weird to us to think about early Christians that some people in churches would have thought that way. Um, but at least the resurrection in the way that Paul thinks of it, it seems like there are people in Corinth who disagree with him. Now, 
you might think like in our culture that they disagree because they just don't believe in supernatural things. But that is definitely not the case in Corinth because Paul's just spent several chapters talking about you being able to divinely be empowered to speak in the language of angels. It's not a lack of supernatural or things like that. It's something is different about resurrection and about bodies. And probably it has to do with so many of the philosophical and religious teachings of that time which we're trying to seek a way for us to leave our bodily existence, to supersede it, to become spiritual beings and not locked into the flesh anymore. And so you have these teachers sneering, so uh, how are those dead raised? What kind of body are they gonna have? Like kind of mocking. And so he's like, it's, it's more of to the tone or to these kind of the, the position of these teachers that Paul is like, you fools. Not just for asking the question, um, but he goes on to explain something, and he explains with an analogy, and it's an analogy from nature, which is something that Jesus often did. He'd be teaching on something, and he'd point to something and say, hey, it's like this. And so Paul says, okay, you're worried about what kind of body. What about a seed? You know what a seed's like. You know, a seed has to die. His kind of metaphor for it has to be buried under the ground. The seed doesn't do anything until it dies and it is buried. And that when that seed is buried, it is not going to become what it already is. It's going to become something new. And you can't know what it's going to look like until it does it. Unless you happen to know already, I've seen this, this kind of seed before, I've seen it grow, you're just left wondering, I wonder what kind of seed this is. I wonder what beautiful thing might emerge from this. And so he's asking, well, how are you going to mock resurrection and what kind of body it's going to be and all of this? All we have are the seeds. All we have are us walking around. We don't know what that flowering is going to look like exactly, but it's like a seed that it has to be buried, it has to die, and at some point something miraculous happens, and you already see that at work with the seed. And so how are you going to belittle resurrection? And so Paul goes on and says, hey, don't you know there are a lot of kind of bodies? If you don't like bodies and you want to leave them behind and be spiritual beings, okay. Well, don't you know that there's a lot of kind of bodies? I mean, humans have a kind of body. Animals have a kind of body. Birds have a kind of body. Fish, like, there's different kinds of bodies. And then he's like, there's different earthly bodies. And then there's different heavenly bodies. You know, the sun isn't the moon. And he's looking up at the stars and saying, not every star looks the same. There's a difference in bodies. And so open up your imagination. Don't feel so close-minded that, you know, and mocking about resurrection. And so then Paul says something that creates so many, so many pages of Christian literature and academic commentary writing all over a little tiny phrase here, which we could just spend forever on, but Paul says, it is sown, our bodies you know, are sown as what our translation says, a physical body, and it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. And this feels confusing because he just was talking about the fact that physical things matter and that we'd have bodies, and then he's just kind of like, well, there's a physical thing and then there's a spiritual thing. And it's a whole lot more complicated than that. Uh, the, the word that gets translated as a physical body is a word that usually means soul. Uh, psychology comes from it, it's psuche. Um, 
And so it seems like what Paul is doing in our passage, it goes on beyond what we read. He's going to call back to Adam, and he's going to talk about the difference in Adam and Christ. And so what happens is in Genesis 2-7, it talks about God breathing into the human, and he breathes in nephesh in Hebrew, or the suke in Greek, the soul. He breathes life into the human. And so Paul says that there is a, a soul body, but you're going to get a spirit body, kind of capital S spirit body. Think, through Adam came your livingness, and through Christ comes God's spiritness. That at what is raised looks more like God, looks even more like who we were created by, and that what was once with Adam that has to die is just a glimpse of the kind of life that comes through God in the days to come. And so it's less of, hey, you're physical and then you're going to be spiritual, but it's the type of, of life at work in you is not just yourself, but God at work in you. And that work is a seed that we don't know what it's going to exactly look like. It's going to flower and blossom in ways that you can't expect. How can you expect me to exactly describe this is what resurrection is going to look like without having fully experienced it yet? We are still waiting for it. But you and I might easily be trapped into the question then still at the end of the day and say, well, but, but what is it going to look like? And so we are intrigued by that. But I think we should probably focus on uh, one thing, and that's that transformation is important in this passage. We can think about what's, what's life going to be like, what does that look like, but it's something that's both the same, the seed continues on in plant life, but it is also very different. And so Paul talks about the kind of transformation that you can expect and that we should long for. Paul says, so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable and what is raised is imperishable. And I think that's important to just pause and say, resurrection is not the resuscitation of a dead body. It's not just like, you know, some CPR. It is a radically different life. It is something that is new, that is fresh, that is transformed. And it's not just resuscitation. And just like it's not resuscitation, it's not a return to the glory days. It's not a return to the past. The seed was always a seed, but it is going to be turned into a new thing, into a future glory, into a new hope. And so it's not, resurrection for us is not just about longing for those who we've lost to be back. It is longing for all that have been lost and will be lost, being transformed into even more the image of God and glory and a future hope, not just a return to that thing we miss and that thing we long for, but, but longing for the future in which God brings. And so, Paul's going to talk a lot about that resurrection power. Paul says, what is sown is perishable and what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. I just love that. Sown in dishonor, raised in glory. Sown in weakness, raised in power. And I think that's one of Christianity's greatest gifts. Um, it's, our faith is that it's okay to mention that we have weaknesses, that we're frail, that, uh, that we go to death, that, that Christ was crucified. 
but that there's a hope that God is transforming those things and our weaknesses and bringing them into power and into glory and into honor. And that symbol that we're going to get to when we get to, towards Easter, that the symbol that the Romans wanted to do to shame people, that crucifixion might actually be the symbol that was used for power and glory and honor and when, when Christ is lifted up over the world. And so God transforms our weaknesses And so if you want to know what resurrection is a little bit like, we get little previews. We get little glimpses of what that seedling might look like. We get glimpses of what resurrection looks like in people's lives today. It's God at work in the addict who overcomes their addictions. It's God at work in the depressed finding joy in life. It's God at work in the angry finding a way of peace. We look here and now and we see little glimmers of what resurrection can look like and it's just a little, little taste of something to come. But that is what Paul actually truly cares about in the story because he's not just like, hey, let's sit around and just talk about what might be in the future. He's talking to a church with real problems and real challenges right now and he's hoping they might take a way of embracing that resurrection as, as a reality, that, that God transforms and renews uh, our weaknesses, our frailties. And so um, there are people who need to see God's res- resurrection at work in their life. And sometimes we want to hold on to that thing that's dying and we don't actually let it go, to let it get buried so that it can be reborn. Uh, how many people have held on to a toxic relationship and I'm just going to keep struggling through this toxic thing that's harming them, it's harming me, it's, instead of just letting it uh, be reborn, being able to let go and say, God, I need you to do something, but I, I can't do this on my own. I hope that you cultivate the soil, but I just can't keep going through this harm. How many people have stayed at a job that needs to be left when they felt their calling was somewhere else and that they, they, they wanted to to serve God, they, they have this passion, and they're like, well, I just can't let go of this thing. I can't bury it into the ground and let it spring forth into new life. And if you're in this space and you're clinging to something that's toxic, God invites you to allow yourself, let it be buried, let God cultivate it into to new life, and let it be reborn. I think we, we all need to hear that. Because there's always something in our lives that we hold on to that's just uh, not what God's got, God has for us. And it's hard to let go. And it's hard to let things be reborn. And I think about what that means for us as a church. of like how do, we, how do we cultivate a passion for God's resurrection in our midst that we want God's renewal, we want God's life to spring forth from us, and we're willing to sow those seeds? that some seed has to go to the ground and be reborn, and that that seed matters, it continues on in the future, but it takes a new shape, it takes a new life, and fruit grow from it. And I think about, um, there's a quote that I love on leadership. Uh, There's a quote about, uh, Andy Stanley has this quote, he says, uh, date the model, marry the mission. It's a fun play on you think it's about relationships at first, but there's a model, there's a, a method, there's a way that we do church. But then there's the mission of why we do church. And too often we get those mixed up, we get confused. We, we think the way we do it is why we do it. 
Um, but the models change. Like uh, Sunday school emerged in the late 1700s. There's been trends of busing, you know, of get, having bus ministries to get people to church. There's um, small groups and multi-sites and all sorts of trends, but none of those things are the point. The point is our mission, that God invites us to be renewed, to be transformed, and God invites us onto the mission to help change the world around us. And we too often fall trap into thinking the way we did it was why we did it. And it's hard to let go of the way we do something because we, we get confused on that. And so I think we would all agree, we live in a world that needs transformation. On Friday night, uh, just two miles from here, a 14-year-old boy was shot and killed outside his house. We need peace. We need a place where people can live and can grow up and have a future. We have people who are struggling with mental health in our community uh, who need uh, God's life-giving peace and, and vision for God's future for them. We have people who feel incredibly alone, whether that's because they've lost someone that was dear to them or, or whatever the circumstance is who need the sense of community, who need God's presence in their life. Like, there's a ton of mission all around us. And it's not about how we do things, it's about being people who serve for God's mission and who realize what God is calling us for. And so, with a world aching for transformation and needing resurrection, let's not mistake the way we do things for our mission. Our mission is not about whether we have children playing handbells. It's whether we have children being led to God. Our mission is not about whether every single person is in a Sunday school class. It's about whether people are being discipled into being like Christ. Our mission is not whether we have a choir loft filled to the brim of choir singers. It's that we are you know, living out heartfelt praise and worship that we are offering our spirits to God. Our mission is not about decorations, it's about spaces that transform lives. And when we forget our mission, that is just a dry soil. It's sad because we were called for so much more than that. And it's gonna happen whether we're involved or not. God's still planning uh, God's Eden but God calls us into that cultivating work. And we have that opportunity to be about God's work in our, in our own lives, in our families, in our, in our church, in our city. And so when I think about uh, our church, you know, we mentioned in announcements, some, some chapel uh, work to help us do our mission. And I think about how I love Paul's imagery of the seed because there is a legacy, there's a mission that is always going to ring true for us. And that the mission, sometimes we forget, sometimes we, we get distracted, but the seed of what God wants to do in this church remains the same. And it has little different versions of how it springs forth. And I love uh, looking at Reverend Pope's vision for when he built that education building. He talked about our need to serve Christ to serve God through our mission together. And I just want to read to you what he said 
uh, at the dedication of that building. So in 1962, they're having a building dedication, and everyone, I'm sure, is excited about this new building, this new space. And in that moment, he said, one might quote here the master's words to those he loved, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But I have a feeling that we need humbly to paraphrase and say, well begun, my good and faithful servant. For the dream has greater substance than steel and stone. What we have built is only the means to a greater need, that end, to better serve God. So together we now consecrate ourselves to the greater task ahead. And here's the task he said. To the leading of little children to a knowledge and love of Jesus. To the deepening of our fellowship with men and God. To a growing witness to our faith in God through Christ. And then he concludes, we dedicate our building, our effort, our lives, our all. And I love that he, he, he binds some things together there for us. That a church dedication is not just a building dedication, it's a people dedication. And a building renewal is not just a building renewal, it's a people renewal. And so our hope is that God continues to use us. God's used us for 181 years. May God continue to use us for another 181 years. And that'll mean a whole lot of renewal, a whole lot of planting new seeds. And God's mission and God's ministry will continue in many new ways. Do we live like we believe in resurrection? that God brings life out of every buried seed. There's a part of us that continues that matters because what you do matters. There's a part of you and your work and your ministry that, that continues. But there's also a part of us that changes, that's transformed, that's reborn, that's renewed. And that's the hope and the good news that Jesus brings. And so if you wanna see your life renewed, in our church renewed, we have to let go of the things that aren't of God and to plant the seeds of our lives into God's mission soil. Let us not be afraid to go and plant the seeds that God will transform into our renewal, our world's renewal. Would you pray with me? Lord, I know that the temptation when, we're, when we gather is that we think that your word and your message is for somebody else. But Lord, I ask that everyone in the space has heard something of you uh, that they need to hear, and that as we prepare to, to go into the season of Lent, Lord, that uh, you would be at work in people's hearts, that you would be renewing and, and encouraging and exciting people um, to be about your work in the city and in our families and our lives. Lord, we ask that you would renew us because uh, we know, Lord, that uh, renewal of our church uh, only exists when it's a renewal of us. Lord, I ask that you would help dedicate our lives to you, that we would have a renewed sense of calling. And Lord, that um, for everyone who struggles and everyone who is in pain, everyone who is uh, depressed and addicted and, and whatever the, the challenge is, Lord, I hope that your sense of, of resurrection power might be real to that person, uh, that we might overcome through you, not through our own strength. Lord, guide us and resurrect us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.
If you're able, would you stand?